go to that prophet that we have read from for the past few weeks that is very messianic in his prophecies. Um, Isaiah who lived 700 years before Jesus and yet prophesies some of the things that we still use today to talk about Jesus uh, and to even read from this morning on this Easter Sunday morning. Notice these words, if you'll get to 60, then back up just a few verses to verse 20 of 59. We'll start there and move to 60 and verse 4. Hear these words with the, with the understanding this is prophecy and yet it's fulfilled today. And a Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you and my words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your offspring or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen about you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and His glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. And we'll stop there. Let us pray. Jesus, thank You for Your most holy Word. We pray now that You would sanctify this Word, that You would help us to hide it in our hearts so that we would not sin against You. Help us rather to believe in You this day and in what You've done for us. By Your grace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's that time of the year again. Easter, the most holy of days in the Christian church. A holiday truly, which holiday simply means holy day. And yet it's a little odd, I've noticed. And I always noticed, and I noticed as a child. And even to this day, I, it's, it's kind of a... Interesting holiday, isn't it, compared to some of the other ones we celebrate? I mean, Christmas is easy, right? Lots of gifts, time off of work, right? Lots of extended family time, lots of good food. With Easter, it seems nobody knows what to cook exactly. It seems we don't have any time off from work. And it seems like we make you wake up early on this day in particular to come to church, which makes some of you cranky later on. What kind of holiday is that? I mean, it's not the kind of holiday where we can pass out coloring books that have Jesus being flogged or Him being spat upon by the religious leaders. Not much to color there. It's not what we really want to teach the kids, is it? It's not a very kid-friendly holiday, it seems. It's one that even the kids feel cheapened by, don't they? Oh man, this is it? I was expecting a little more than this. Chocolate bunny and a couple other goodies. What is this? What kind of day is this? This must not be a grand day. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> Maybe Christmas has been hijacked 
and we've been blinded to what the real holy day is that's important to us, maybe we're still trying to live like a child and get our goodies, get something for us, and we have not put away, as the Scripture says, childish things yet, and instead we're trying to hold on to something that is material. Let me tell you, this is the most holy day in the Christian calendar. Because if this day doesn't happen, Christmas doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter if He was born in a barn, a manger, or a 7-Eleven. If He did not die and then rise again, then His Word is not validated. We don't know if He's God or not. We're not sure if we can trust Him. If the tomb, however, is empty as we've already read, if, as Isaiah says here, the light has shone, the light has come, and life is in Him, then that means this is the most of holy days. And maybe we've missed something. Maybe we have misunderstood something about this holy day and we have listened to the world on other ones and cheapened it. Without Easter, there's no Christianity. Christianity begins on this day. This is why this is called the Lord's Day. This is not just called a Sabbath. This is called the Lord's Day because it is truly His day. Early in the morning, as you heard recounted moments ago in Matthew 28, the women were first to the tomb. They were bringing spices. Uh, as women do, you can just, you've just heard from the children out of the mouth of babes, right? Uh, they like to make things look better. Us dudes are normally resigned to just have it as it is. But the ladies, thankfully, like to make things look better. And they wanted to make the body of Christ look good, smell good, even in His death. And they came early that morning. But what they found was not a body. Instead, they found an empty tomb. They found an angel that was as bright as lightning. You ever been close to lightning? I don't really like lightning. I don't do lightning very well. I mean, why would you? Uh, When lightning starts striking, I take cover. That's what any sensible person I would think ought to do. But nonetheless, people play in it and people play around with it. Uh, people in my family, but I jump in the car when it gets down and dirty. But So the reality is, lightning is, is bright and it's scary. And did you notice what was what, said in the, in the resurrection story? They were afraid. They were afraid. <laughs> and yet he says, don't be afraid. And, and they're afraid. And he says it again, don't be afraid. And he tells them, look, he's not here. Don't look for the living among the dead. So I want to ask you this morning, how do we really think about Easter? What do we really need to think about? I mean, if this isn't necessarily a G-rated holiday, I mean, there are some things in the Bible, let's be honest, it's R-rated, quite frankly, if not PG-13. I mean, some things, you know, there's some stories in the Bible, just like Noah, we leave off the big part where everybody dies. You know, that's just, it's all about the animals, really, for children, but really, everybody dies. Um... There are some parts that are for adults, really. And that's you. That's you. Put away childish things this morning. Let's really think about Easter. Pascha, as the Orthodox call it, which is Passover. Has its roots right here in the Old Testament, doesn't it? Egypt being delivered. First thing I want you to notice is just around you. There's signs everywhere. As I walked around my house yesterday, things are blooming. Planted a tree and I see little buds on it. 
I'm like, right on. Must mean the, the roots are taking. I did a good job. Right? I hope. We'll see. <laughs> Things are blooming. Your sinuses are telling you that, aren't they? Things look lively out there. Now that I'm looking straight out here, I'm not seeing uh, 72, which I normally can see through the trees. Rather, I'm seeing a bunch of trees out here. I'm hearing birds chirping in the morning. Things are coming back to life, you notice? That's a sign, isn't it? Isn't it an amazing sign that when Jesus dies and then resurrects on that first Easter morning that the birds were chirping, things were budding, the grass was turning from that stale color to that beautiful green color, life was coming back. Even creation knows that resurrection is important. Even creation is trying to signal us and say, hey, this is an important day. This is something that you'll need. Because truly... We may not let the kids on to it right now, but truly, all of us will die. We'll meet that end. Also, in humanity's stories, if you think of the great epics, even going way back to mythology, they always have this idea that good wins in the end. That surely evil can't triumph at the end of the day. Any good story is going to obviously have the good guys winning. I mean, I've watched a movie before with Jessica, and at the end of it, there was no point, and no one won. And I just said, great, I just wasted an hour and a half of my life. I really appreciate that. Not. No, we want to see good triumph. This is why... In, in certain epic movies that I enjoy, Harry Potter, the very end of it, you remember? He dies for his friends, lays his life down for his friends, and you're just waiting. He's got to come back. Surely, he's going to come back. The, the darkness has surrounded him. He's been struck by the dark one himself. And he's dead in the arms of Hagrid. And yet, all of a sudden, because of this one little thing called love, He comes back to life. He comes back to life and defeats the evil. And we say, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's the way it should end. And we just feel good when we leave a movie like that. For the bad guy to win, no one wins in that. Or you think of Lord of the Rings. You think of Gandalf fighting the Balrog, the demon, who kills him. They get into this fight. They go down to the pit. He tells them to fly. They go and weep for him and cry for him. He's dead. And then all of a sudden, gray Gandalf turns to white Gandalf. Pictures. Signs. Why do do those stories sell so much? Why do people like those stories? Because they're epic. They're classics. Think of the Matrix, which everything goes back to. Think of Neo... Dying. Get shot. He's out. He's toast. See you, buddy. And we're thinking, get up, buddy. Get up. You're the one, man. You're the one. Yes, the one will get up. He will resurrect and he'll win the day. Story after story, myth after myth, all are whispering the same thing. Good's going to win. You can't keep a good man down. That love wins in the end. Which is why we must make sure that our story lines up with that story. 
The only reason they're bestsellers is because they've read the bestseller of all time. The reason it identifies with us all is because at the base of reality, that's what God has done. He has faced evil face to face. The enemy, he's gone down into his pit, into his domain, the gates of hell themselves. And today we celebrate the fact that those bars are broken. Those doors are smashed. And He has won the victory for us. And so there's signs in creation. There's signs in our own stories. Even secular stories. And there's obviously signs in God's Word. Isaiah here prophesies, Arise! Shine! For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Isn't that what we're here to celebrate? And yet it's tough for us to kind of get in the spirit of, I don't know, Holy Week kind of downs us, right? I mean, we just don't know what to do at Easter. It's a tough one because it's an adult one. It's a mature one. If you can get this holiday down, then you'll be doing well. And yet we really have a tough time, don't we? We really just don't know what to make of this. Sacrifice. And I'll tell you why. It's because God has done a great reversal. He's reversed things on us. The normal way things should work, right, is what goes up must come down, right? And therefore, we would look out at nature and we would say, oh yeah, I buy a new car, ride around in it, you know, first two or three years, and everybody's, man, that's a nice ride, right on. Twenty years later, no one's even paying attention to you, except for the squeaky belt the sound of your brakes that need to be fixed. Everything deteriorates that we know in creation. But see, God is not a creation. God does a great reversal here. He died and yet He lives. <laughs> not only that, He has overcome death. He has overcome sin for all time. It was a one-time event just like the Exodus was where He delivers them and they look back to that moment for the rest of their existence, even to this very day, as they're celebrating Passover. So too, we celebrate a Passover, and it's God's. It's Jesus's that He won because He became that sacrifice that they had sacrificed. You know, it's, it's been really interesting. Some of you know that I'm, I'm actually trying to do a triathlon and I've been doing some training, and I've learned a lot of things. I've also learned how to hurt um, and how to, how to be in pain. And so I've, I've learned both how to be in pain and a lot of things. But I don't know which one more, but either way, I, I hurt a lot and I learn. So I have to learn so they don't hurt, but that's beside the point. Here's the point of what I'm saying here is this. I've learned something. This is what I try to do in bringing you a message I can only share from my heart. I wish I could read stories and quotes and these sorts of things. It just it bores me, and I, think it, I feel like it does you, so I just don't do it. But here's something I've learned from my own personal life and training, is that what goes down must come up. <laughs> Again, I said it's a reversal here, right? So I'm on my bike, and I go, I see a hill, and I say, all right, man, this is awesome. I'm going down. I'm going really fast. This is great. Yeah. And I, I even speed up, kick it into the highest gear possible. So I'm, boom, I'm zooming down that hill. 
And about halfway down, I think, oh, this isn't good. Um, if I've got to get back home, that means I've, as far as I'm going down, I've got to go back up. You see what I learned? In a lot of pain? Is that what goes down must come up. If you're going to get home, you've got to go back up. So if you go, you're going to take your joyride down, that's great, that's grand, but you're going to have to come back up. And that's the tough part, isn't it? <laughs> um, people try to bury bodies in water and for some reason they keep popping up. It actually happens. This great reversal, what we want to keep down, pops up. <laughs> and in God's reversal here, follow me, He goes way down, doesn't He? I mean, God becoming a man is like me becoming a slug. That's, it's not a good thing. Maybe worse than that. And yet He does it, but He doesn't stop there. It's not just that He takes on our headaches, our stomach aches, painful relationships, betrayal, injustice. It's not that He just takes on that. He goes all the way down. He doesn't stop where we would stop. He goes all the way down, even to hell itself, to Hades, Sheol, according to the Old Testament. The place of the dead. He goes all the way to death, which the Scripture teaches us is our final enemy. I mean, doesn't death quiet everyone? I mean, maybe you have more money than me now, but when we're dead, what does it matter? You did a bunch more stuff than somebody else. You accomplished a lot. You built a bunch of stuff. When you're dead, you're dead. It's just as simple as that. Death is the great equalizer of mankind. It is our great enemy. And Jesus takes it on, doesn't He? Without a word. For us. In our place, even. So our fall, He created us, right, in Genesis? Good. Very good, he says, according to what he wanted. Exactly what he wanted. And we fell far, didn't we? We didn't just fall out of the chair. We fell out of an airplane. It was bad fall. Kind of like Humpty Dumpty's fall, right? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Not sure why he was there, but an egg was there. Not real sure. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses... Never understood why the horses were trying to put him back together, but anyway. And all the king's men tried to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, and you obviously know he was scrambled eggs. You're not going to put that back together. He falls far, we fall far, and God comes after us. The only religion in the world where God becomes one of us and stays one of us. He's not just an avatar. He's not just an appearance. Some ghost that's here for a little while and kind of acting human, but really not. No, he still has a body. He became a man. He became a human and took that right back into the very heart of God. But before he did that, before he was highly exalted, before his name was above all names, he first went all the way down to get us. 
some of us still haven't learned how far we have fallen. And you won't know until you meet Jesus Christ. You can't know. You're blind. We're deaf. On our own, we can't see ourselves. It's like me trying to print myself in the morning without a mirror. I swear, if I can just look at my hair, right? Not going to happen without a mirror. I have to have a mirror to reflect back my image. I can't see myself. You can't see yourself. I can't see myself. I can't see how far I've fallen until I pick up the mirror. Then I don't like what I see. But there's good news. He came down here. He came down here. And He went further than that. He met even death and our enemy. And He overcame. So He descended far as we did. And then He ascended back to the Father, which shapes a V. That V is for victory. He is the victor. (laughs) If there's ever been one. He has won for us something we could never do for ourselves. We would never come close. He's our Superman and beyond. The great reversal has taken place and He's reversed everything. Now He's injected this disease of sin with His love, with His forgiveness, with His grace. And now, what we are called to do, as you notice in the, in the resurrection story, immediately when Jesus rises from the dead, it's not just, hey guys, let's celebrate me, bow down, hurry up. Oh. No, it's not that. It's, it's go tell others. Get the word spread. Immediately there is a commission given, a mission that we are to be about. Because the only way the Christ life is spread is by infection. It's caught by you, by others. Everybody always comes to Jesus Christ by somebody who knows Jesus Christ. Somebody's praying for you. Somebody, even if you didn't know them, they were praying for you. You did not hear the gospel because a bird dropped on your, e- your shoulder and whispered it to you or chirped it to you, whatever. I guess it whispered. No, rather, the gospel was told to you by someone. It's always by rubbing up against one another, giving our life, pouring out our life just as his life was poured out. That's our mission. We now are, if we're raised with Christ, Now we are His witnesses. Now we lay down our lives for others. It's a great reversal, isn't it? It's the thing that Jesus says about the grain of wheat. If it just remains a grain of wheat, then it's just going to stay just that little grain, just that little seed. But if you toss it in the ground, it will actually germinate and die to being a seed. That's what germination is. And it will become something else. And guess what? It will, as Isaiah says again, arise! Arise! No longer sleep. The time for sleeping is over. It's time to arise. Now, this is the climax of God's story. Every great story has a climax. And this is, this is Christianity's. You have the build-up, 
the moment where everybody's holding their breath, what's going to happen? Is, is good going to overcome? Is the good guy going to get up? And all of a sudden, he gets up. He sends us on mission. And then we begin to march out those orders until he comes again. This is God, Easter is God's climax of His story. The unthinkable happens. He is back from the dead. <laughs> He's alive. It's not a past event. That's why we say, He is risen. Let's get our grammar right. He is risen. It's not, He did rise. He's not Lazarus. Remember, Lazarus rose from the dead and then He died again. Um, and he, now he has to wait for another resurrection. So he'll get resurrected, I guess, twice. It's kind of weird, but... Jesus, no. Once. He's back. Tomb is empty. Tomb is empty. You can say what you want. What's the alternative? You say, I don't know. That's just, that's just, that's just a little, little too much for me to believe, man. I mean, come on. Back from the dead, this great reversal. I mean, I, I just, that's a little too much for me. Oh, well, what's the alternative? Well, the alternative to our world is that we came from nothing, we're here for no reason, and we're going to nothing. That sounds like something to get behind, isn't it? Yeehaw! Bunch of nothing. What are we doing? Nothing? Well, what's the purpose of that? Nothing? Well, where are we going? Nothing? Oh, great! Let's do it! You know, it's, there's no motivation there. There's no story there. C.S. Lewis said one of the reasons he converted to Christianity on a mental level was because atheism was too boring. did not explain our world. It's too boring. It's too mechanical. You know it's true. I know it's true. We know there's purpose. We know there's meaning in relationships. We know there's meaning in those precious children's lives. We may not know why. We may not be able to articulate it and to explain it, but we know there's something built within us. There's a space in us for God. Amen. He designed us that way. Amen. He breathed within us His breath and nothing else will do. I mean, I could say to my car, which is getting old, I could say, look, you know, we've had a long history here. I'm going to start feeding you water instead of gas. I mean, I'm just, I, I don't really have enough investment in you anymore to really put $60 worth of gas in you. I mean, I don't know when you're going to poop out on me. I could say that, but I'm not really going to even get out of the uh, gas station, am I? Not with water. We were not meant... My car's not meant to run off water. And we're not meant to run off anything else but the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. If you've been filling your tank with anything else, I promise you, you'll only find emptiness. You'll be stuck on the road. You'll be complaining and whining and wondering why. I'm telling you why. Nothing else will do. Only resurrection life. Only the life of the Spirit. In you. Not around you, not up in your head, in you. You, whatever the you is there. You. <laughs> it's a day of victory. Bear with me one more time as I explain one more training thing that I've learned. Well, that I'm learning. Let me correct myself. I haven't got it down yet. Swimming. Freestyle swimming. I thought freestyle swimming meant I could swim how I wanted to. Apparently not. It's actually really a hard way to do swimming. Who knew? I should have called it something difficult uh, than freestyle. It doesn't sound right. So freestyle, I thought that I could do what I want. Obviously, I can't. 
Freestyle swimming, if you don't know, you keep your face in the water about 90% of the time. So I'm looking down in the water. I mean, do I look like a water? I don't want to have gills. I'm like a water animal. Water's not natural to humans. Riding a bike, breathing air, running, doing this kind of... Uh, uh, that's all natural. You can't do that in the water. Oh, uh, no, you're, you're gone. You're toast. And yet I've got my face in the water probably 90% of the time I'm swimming. Hey, this is just, this is just dumb. I mean, what? You know, I'm sucking water. I'm throwing up, coughing. Everybody's looking at me like, who, what? Guy's 32 years old. What's wrong with him? Isn't that a freestyle swim? You know, who knew it was so hard? I didn't. One thing I've learned, though, is you have to actually turn to get water. I mean, air. <laughs> Most of the time I've been getting water, but I'm trying to correct that, okay? Just give me a break, all right? You've got to turn to get air, okay? So, in other words, you're swimming, swimming, you're keeping your head down, you're keeping your body in a good posture here. You're swimming, you're cruising along, you're like, all right, I've got to get some air, man. So, instead of coming up like this, like I would normally want to do, right? I just come up like I want to, freestyle. No, no, instead. Instead, you just rotate. Come back to it, and you turn. Just like this. You don't do your head all up. Because, I mean, start, I start freaking out under there, you know, a little bit. I mean, just mentally, I gotta, like, I'm starting to freak out. i got to get air. got to get air. I'm like, chill out. So you're still good. Breathe out a little bit more. And then, so then I turn, right? Did you know that repentance means to turn? You may think you can do it your way. That's just freestyle, you know, whatever. Do what you want, and God will see it to end, and He'll He'll judge you. People, I like that's a good thing. God will judge me. Yes, He will. Um, are you sure that's a good thing? I mean, He does know everything. He doesn't know just half the stuff. He knows everything. You follow me? It's not going to be freestyle. Not in a Christian life. And it's not going to be by you trying to get water by bucking your head up or trying to reach up to God. It's not going to happen. They already tried that Tower of Babel, remember? didn't work out for them. No, that's, that's not the way to get air. If you feel like sin is suffocating you, if you feel like you're in darkness, <laughs> starting to freak out a little bit, turn. That's it. That's all you got to do. You just have to turn. That's it. Just do a slight turn. That's what repentance is. It's, it's going one way and then saying, this is not it. I've got to get air. I need air. You know what air, breath is in the Old Testament? Spirit. Amen. <laughs> His breath, spirit. It's the same word, ruach. All we have to do is turn. Turn. Turn to His cross. Turn to that name that we've been singing about. Jesus, I promise you, you say that name, that name's more powerful than anything you'll ever say in your life. It makes sense of I love you. It makes sense of your meaning in life, your purpose in life. And one day, that name, you'll meet that name. That name has a face. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Do you know that name? Have you called out that name from the depths? I mean, when you're in the deep end. Have you turned? Because if you haven't, you can. That's the good news this morning. If you haven't, you can. And let me tell you something. When you repent, He'll come rushing in. He'll fill your lungs with life. Your soul with life. 
Do you hear me? Just like Isaiah says today, Arise, shine, for your light has come. You see what happens when, when, when we receive His risen life? Guess what? He makes us a light. He makes us a light. So in other words, we receive His light, and now we are lights in the world. The world's getting a dark place. It's getting bad. It's getting dark. But you know what? We don't fret over that. Instead, that means we can shine all the more. (laughs) The Lord will arise upon you and His glory will be seen upon you. That's us. That's us. Do you look glorious? The only way we'll ever win the cultural war, the war against sin, is to become a saint of God, a holy one. You'll never get to heaven without holiness. And the only way to be holy is with the Holy Spirit. That's it. There's a song I really like. I listened to it this morning. Arise, my love. Arise, my love. The grave no longer has a hold on you. No more death sting. No more suffering. Arise. Arise. Arise in Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Him. Look to heaven this morning. He is there. He is here. And He wants to be in here. Amen.